It's lovely to be here this morning. Lovely to morning, Dave. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to um, to share with you this this lovely morning and this this time to uh, to worship worship God together. I was I was just reading through um, Romans twelve, uh, which is one of our readings today, and those words about worship that uh, that Paul uses are are very challenging. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, the view, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That we, we come and we, uh, we sing songs of worship, and, and singing isn't the same as worship. It's part of worship. We come and we read God's words, uh, and that's not worship, but it's part of worship. But offering ourselves and all that we are and all that we have and all that we will be to God, that is our true and proper worship. And we're going to open by singing in worship hymn 118, Praise to the Lord. Now, I went to the back of the hall to get a hymn book, um, but got talking to someone. So could I just um, possibly borrow a hymn book? Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, brothers and sisters, draw near. Praise him in glad adoration. Let's sing together hymn number 118. Lord God, we thank you for, for all that you have given us, for the ways in which you've provided this place for us to, to live, this, this world that provides all that we need. Lord, we thank you for this place here where we can meet and worship you. And Lord, we thank you for the people that you've blessed us with to strengthen us, to encourage us, to challenge us, and to show us your love. Lord, but we are so aware of of the need and the suffering, this world that, that you have made and provided for us. We have misused it so badly. Lord, the, the places in the world where there is hatred and violence and suffering where people are not safe. Lord, we, we bring those places to you. Too many to name. And Lord, we pray for your blessing on those people there. And Lord, we pray that you will stir us up and strengthen us to do what you want us to do, to bring peace and to bring love, and to bring gentleness 
to this troubled world. Lord, watch over us, we pray. And give us the encouragement we need this morning to be the people that you created us to be. Lord, strengthen us, we ask, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, again, welcome to you all. Steve has got the announcements. Morning. It's lovely to see Phil and Heather and Caitlin and Jess with us this morning, and also Becky and also Dave. You're all more than welcome to join us this morning. Father, we pray that you bless all our plans this coming week. Lord Jesus, thank you for being by our side. This is the care news we've been passed for today. Issa has been back into the MRI this week for some more checks on his cataracts and to receive some more treatment. Um, I understand from Rob that he's going in for some more chemo uh, on Thursday, but he's also joining Mark to watch some cricket on Friday, so he's got something to look forward to there. Juan is making good progress and is away on holiday with Sylvia at the moment in Anglesey. A colleague or somebody that uh, Anne knows called Denise um, through work, her brother has multiple cirrhosis and has had numerous operations to try and resolve some unknown bleeding, and it's just obviously causing the family lots of concern, and her aunt's recently died, so uh, Denise would appreciate our prayers for her and her family at the moment. And finally... I guess this is quite urgent. Nikki rang Mark and Elaine this morning to say that she's going to have to go into hospital this afternoon and uh, she really would welcome somebody to go over and pick the boys up for lunch and for youth church and get them back again. Um, so if between us, after the service, we can find somebody who's prepared to go and get the boys and bring them over here so we can look after them while she goes into hospital, um, I think that would be good. I don't quite know really what's going on. Um, I guess Mark and Elaine might know a little bit more information, but if we can help Nikki at the moment, I think that would be a really good thing for us to do. Does anyone else have any um, uh, anything that they'd like us to, to pray about now? In which case, let's, uh, let's just bow our heads and, uh, and pray. Lord God, we, we thank you for, for what we have and for your many, many blessings. The, the blessings that we, that we see and that we acknowledge and the blessings that, that we just take for granted. Lord, we thank you for the work that you've given us to do and we thank you for the ability to be able to do that work. Lord, we thank you for the people that you've blessed us with as, as friends, as brothers and sisters and Lord, we, we ask that you will help us to be a good support and good friends to them as well. Lord, we, we think about those who uh, are not well, Isa uh, and, and Rob, uh, and, and all those others that we, we talk about regularly. Lord, sometimes when we pray, it can be, it can be difficult to know what to ask for. But Lord, we know that you are aware of, of the needs of, of each one of us. 
And Lord, we pray that you will give us the humility to allow you to work what you know you need to do in each of our lives. We pray for healing for those who are sick. We pray for comfort for those who mourn. Lord, we pray for peace for those who are in turmoil. Give strength to the weak, we pray, Lord. And give each of us the compassion that Jesus had when he met with and shared with those people in need. Lord, bless us now, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Tim uh, is, is providing our exhortation this morning. And, uh, and he's asked that we read uh, from Psalm 104. Uh, so we're going to read Psalm 104. And our second reading, he's going to introduce during his exhortation. So um, I've asked Angela if she'll read uh, Psalm 104. Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with the watery depths as with a garment, and the waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains and they went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs, pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The land is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted, and there the birds make their nests. The stork has its home in the junipers. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, and the crags are a refuge for the hyrax. He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens, and then people go out to their work, 
to their labour until evening. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go go to and fro, and Leviathan which you form to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time, and when you give it to them, they gather it up. And when you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. And when you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever, and may the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditations be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. It's a it's a wonderful wide ranging psalm, isn't that? It's a it uh, just conveys so much uh, awe of of this of this world that we live in, and the Lord's place in in setting boundaries, in in understanding how it all works, things that we're only beginning to to get to grips with. We're going to sing uh, now from pra- uh, praise the lord i rest in god alone from him comes my salvation my soul finds rest in him my fortress i'll not be shaken tim is going to come speak to us thanks martin good morning everybody um thank you for not going on holiday i'll take that as a compliment but I know you really just want to be here, not necessarily listening to me, but being here. Um, so at the end of May, Zoe and I went down south um, to stay for a weekend with our friends, Joe and Ben Cox. It was the first time we'd stayed somewhere as a couple, uh, as a married couple, I should say, and it was the first time we'd also seen Joe and Ben's new house, which they'd already had for a year, uh, about the same length of time as we'd had ours. Amongst the topics of conversation that weekend was the newly acquired plants for their garden and the various types of salad leaves that they'd planted in their veg patch. They'd made some good progress on their garden, which put us ashamed a little. It was particularly noticeable when we got home after that weekend just how much our hedges and grass had grown while we'd been away. Spring has taken its time this year, hasn't it? But when it did come, when it does come... Isn't it amazing just how dead shrubs and woody stalks literally spring to life? It started me thinking about the process that God puts in place to stir up new life and new life in us. The way in which water is cycled out of the clouds as rain. 
through the plants and the soil, down into the rivers and oceans, and evaporated back into the atmosphere, ready to descend again as clouds in the sky. The water cycle is also quite relevant to where I work, which, as some of you may know, is a water treatment company. I see all the ways, the methods and technologies which are used to make the water we've used and dirtied back into clean water again, ready to go back into that cycle. And thinking about all of these things fed my thoughts for this morning, about how elements of the water cycle echo aspects of our relationships with God. It got me thinking about the way in which God shows his love to us and provides the things we need to grow about how we grow, how we use that love, and how we respond to that love, about how and what we reciprocate or offer back to God. It doesn't necessarily go full circle because God's love is already overflowing from the start, but I thought it would be good to consider how God's love rains down on us, how we use it, and how we give glory back to God as our response. So this morning I want to guide us through the, the cycle I've, I've described, what I'm going to call the worship cycle. There are three main elements to the worship cycle that I've, I'm going to talk about. How God shows us his glory and power. How God helps us to grow and we, how we develop ourselves. And finally, how God wants us to give glory back to him in worship and thankfulness. So... I want to spend a little bit, firstly, thinking about how and when we feel God's love pouring out on us. It might be, if you're in that moment, you feel so close to God that you can almost feel like you can reach out and touch him. Or maybe that you can imagine what it's like to be at his feet, or simply feeling warmed and uplifted inside. Do you ever feel like you're in situations where you can literally feel God's power? I remember one of the first times I think I felt it was when I was cycling home one day and it literally started bucketing it down. Right then, I felt like God, I felt like I was in God's immense power. I felt God's immense power. Not only over the weather, but also over me. I know a lot of us say we feel closest to God when we're close to His creation wandering around beautiful hills or discovering details in a flower, basking in the warmth of the sun, maybe, or maybe just when we're surrounded by friends and family. Sometimes, and maybe this is rarer, we can feel God's power wash over us when we're all together giving praise to God, maybe when his presence is closest to us. I know I don't feel that all the time, and I don't, expect, I don't think it's expected of us, But I know that God wants us to put ourselves in those situations as much as possible and to be grateful for the opportunities like them. I don't think I've experienced God's presence more than when I've been amongst people I share hope and faith with, especially if it's while enjoying his creation. But that feeling of being enveloped in God's love or warmth or power, it's rare and it's precious. It's almost made more special by the fact that we probably don't feel it very often. My old flatmate in Birmingham, Matt, his girlfriend loves Malvern spring water so much that when she comes 
to that, that she refuses to drink Birmingham tap water. So instead, when she came to our flat, she used to fill up several big bottles of water with Malvern spring water directly from the spring and bring them with her so that she could drink them. But the spiritual water that God gives us isn't like that. We can't bottle it up and store it and have a sip every now and then. We'll make a quick cuppa with it. We have to make. We have to come directly to the source as often as we can. Being in God's presence, being at church with our family here at Old Trafford and beyond, as well as being out in God's creation, we can soak it up like a sponge and come away feeling buoyed up, as I know Rob Clements always puts it, feeling afloat, lifted up, warmed by God's Spirit. But it can soon dwindle through the mundanity of everyday life. To be here is where we want to be, and it's where we need to be. It's where God wants us, closest to him, reaching for him as much as we can. And in return, God showers his grace upon us, lets us feel his love, and helps us to grow. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. I can read as though it's quite easy, but how God makes us grow is difficult to get our heads around most of the time. God showers us with love in all kinds of ways. Some are obvious, powerful and moving. Others are maybe incremental and seemingly inconsequential. But some can be pretty challenging, unexpected, and not easy to face. This leads us, leads me to the second part of the worship cycle, our growth. It's amazing to think that he makes plants grow by meeting their needs in various ways. For example, he sends rain from the sky to water them, which not only directly helps them, but also allows nutrients in the soil to be absorbed into their roots. In the same way, God expresses his love to us in more ways than we realise. We're always being reminded to count our blessings. Think of water as the analogy. We use it for all sorts of things. For drinking, which we need to survive. For staying, sorry, for washing to stay clean and comfortable. But also less directly to make food grow, to cook with and to wash up with. All of which would be near impossible to do without. We use water in all sorts of ways that have an influence on what we do and how we grow. Water also flushes the loo, it cleans the car, it even turns turbines that generate electricity. And in the same way, water is a huge part of our everyday lives. God's love reaches us through all sorts of channels. Like we heard in the reading in, in Psalms, the food we eat and the roofs over our heads. But he also sends different people our way, different opportunities in different situations. These are all these all serve to make us think, to challenge us, but also to support us. 
For example, the church shows that we thrive off other people, whether it's in a negative way or a positive way. It's a well-used idea to say that our sharp edges are being smoothed off by other people's sharp edges. Our neighbours and the people we meet can also have the same effect. I find my work challenging because of the people I have to work with every day. But at some point, I hope I'll be able to turn around and see some reason why I had to put up with them for this period of time. Maybe it's as abstract as just being appreciative of what I have and making me focus on the other lovely things in my life. Are there small things in your life that go unappreciated? Or that even you do see God in and are grateful for? Through everything that is thrown at us, we are growing. Sometimes we grow without noticing. Sometimes we grow without others noticing. God is constantly shaping us and moulding us the way that he wants and not the way that we choose. All those things that we may have been thinking about will in some way help us to grow in the situations we find ourselves in. But how much do we believe God is changing us? And how much do we believe God provides us with the tools with which to change ourselves? I think that's often the biggest challenge and something that's likely to be different for everyone. I'd like to spend a few minutes focusing on the week. I'd like us to spend a few minutes focusing on the week that's just passed. Focusing on the things that have happened. To think about God's influence on those situations and how he might be shaping and developing us for our own good. Maybe we've presented, been presented with situations that have opportunities for us to help ourselves grow. Take a few minutes of silence, moments of silence, to take time to reflect on this and meditate on where the potential might be and where it might be next week. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. Lord, I pray that you help us to put in place to place everything in our lives in your control, to let you take the reins and to let you take the weights of our shoulders and to help us rest in the knowledge that you are looking out for us. Thank you for being a God of the little things. Thank you for the love that you show us on a daily basis. And thank you for giving Jesus to us to focus on. Martin's asked that someone's going to read Psalm 63. I'm not sure who it is. John. Psalm 63, and the heading above the psalm in this book, is a psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. O God, you are my God, Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water.
I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live and in your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips my mouth will praise you. On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. My right hand, up, your right hand upholds me. They who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. Thanks, John. Our God is incredible. His love is incomprehensible. But he gives us an opportunity to respond as well. His love demands a response from us. And this is the third part of the worship cycle. In Jesus we have the greatest gift of love that God gives us. A perfect sacrifice that gives us a clean slate and the biggest opportunity we could ever ask for. To live in a place and a time that is beyond our expectations. Jesus gave his life for us, to be, for ours to be saved. And in doing so, gave us the greatest example of how to live our lives here and now. For all these blessings and more, we can say thank you. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth, and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. That's the end of 1 John 3, and I could have read chapter 4 as well. Because our example is one of love in all that we do, understanding that we do it all for God's glory. This is how he wants us to respond to the love that he shows us. Peter writes, above all, keeping, keep, love, sorry, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves 
as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion for ever and ever. Amen. It doesn't matter whether we're at the front leading, sitting at the back tweaking the microphone settings, or catching up before and afterwards. If we have an attitude of gratitude and the desire to give glory back to God, then we do it all for him and to his glory. And even when we're not here, it doesn't matter if we're shouting it from the rooftops or driving down the road, we give glory to God just in the way that we do it, with love. The love, the same love that has been shown to us. It's not easy, but that's what we're growing towards, to be able to reflect a little of Jesus in our everyday lives, so that by God's immense grace, one day we'll perfectly reflect Jesus in everything we do, that everything will be to his glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. That's from Revelation chapter 4, and a flavour of what we've got to look forward to when Christ returns. From Thessalonians, To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and may fulfil every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him according to the grace of our Lord, of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. I, have, I haven't even touched on the blessing of grace, really. But essentially, no matter how much we try and process and chemically treat the water that we use in order to get it back to its purest state, we just can't. But by the grace of God, he's got it covered. We're told that if we accept that, as we continually strive to offer our lives back to God, we will see his promises fulfilled. So I've taken us through the water cycle, and hopefully the worship cycle. And here we are back at the beginning. An opportunity to remember the love that has shown, that was shown by God in sending his only son Jesus as an example, a teacher and our saviour. As I finish and let you focus on the bread and the wine, Take whatever you want to focus on during these quiet moments, but perhaps as you take the wine, remember the promise that I've ended on, that by God's grace, our slates are made clean, and any shortfall left, we're made up by Jesus. And that, that is worthy of our praise and our gratitude. Tim brought us to Jesus. And we're going to come to Jesus in praise through Jesus, you are the radiance of the Father's glory. You are the Son, the appointed heir. About offering bodies as a living sacrifice. And not conforming to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds.
Jesus offered his body for us and gave his life. But he also received that life back. He lived his life as a living sacrifice and eventually gave his life for us. We're asked to give our lives as a sacrifice, not in the way that he did, but to dedicate ourselves to his service and to serving our brothers and sisters. We show this. We show this commitment by just taking a little bit of bread and drinking a little bit of wine. It's a sign not that we're members of a club, but that we acknowledge what he has done in his life and in his death and that we want to be part of that and that we want to align ourselves with him. So we're going to share bread and wine now. And I've asked John if he would offer our prayer for the bread. Father God, we are mindful that we are here in this room, this water treatment plant, so to speak, that we can be refreshed and oxygenated and cleaned. We thank Tim for his words and for the metaphors and analogies he's used. And it's great that we can share this bread, this symbol of your dear son. And as Tim was speaking, I was thinking of uh, a song from my youth that said, shower the people you love with love. Show them the way that you feel. And here we have a piece of bread symbol of our brother who showered the people that he loved with love but showered the people that abused him the people that accused him the people that hated him the people that reviled him with love he is our exemplar he is our master he is our teacher Father God, if we're clouds and we absorb the moisture of your son's love, of the love of scripture, the love of our brothers and sister, then let's not just store it, let's not just keep absorbing it because then will be clouds that grow dark and grey and those clouds rumble and grumble and the rain thrashes out and can even be destructive 
our love should refresh and help things to grow and feed. That's what our love should do. And it shouldn't just fall on those that we love. It should fall on all. Father, help us to take this bread. Help us to remember our brother, our saviour. And help us to learn the lesson of that man, our saviour. That we can use it in our lives. That we can be refreshed from the message we've learned this day. And that we can live our lives refreshed not by this bread, but by the living water of his life. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord our Father, it is good that we can be here together this morning, that we can reflect on your love, that we can have our slates wiped clean, that we can start again. This is all because our Lord Jesus died upon that cross and he gave his life for us today. And we now reflect upon this together as we pass this cup of wine one to another. Lord Jesus, we give our thanks for this wine. This wine which shows to us in symbol your poured out blood for us so that we can drink of it together and that it can encourage us through the week ahead and that it can associate us with your death because that's what we want to do. Father, we give you our thanks for your constant love in our lives. Help us, we pray, I pray, to reflect it in everything that we do, everything that we think, and everything that we say. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. In remembrance of me. Romans 12 is a, is a lovely chapter which talks about love in action. They're lovely words for us to read. We can see Jesus uh, in these words. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. 
Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Those are lovely words for us to read. And those are lovely words for us to to try and apply in our lives. But when we think of our brothers and sisters who are in war zones... Our brothers and sisters, for whom revenge and hatred are not abstract words, but are words that are matters of life and death. It's a much more difficult prospect. Let's seek to apply them in our lives and pray for the strength of our Father in heaven for those of our brothers and sisters who really need to show these characteristics in their lives and for whom it's not an easy decision. We're going to close in prayer with Derek. Loving Heavenly Father, what a morning we spent together this morning. We're so truly, truly blessed to have your word to live by, as we've been reminded so beautifully by Tim this morning. Those words which are quoted from your wonderful scriptures, which have given us so much encouragement. How blessed we are, Heavenly Father, to have your word, to have this Strength to believe in your creation and to see your creation, how vital it is for our life. Not only in the physical presence of water and its effect on all things, all living things on this earth affected by the presence of water, we have your wonderful presence to acknowledge day by day in our lives and this is what we have which is what has been highlighted for us this morning how truly truly blessed we are to have eyes to see and ears to hear your wonderful presence in our lives only recently we've been discussing in the family, in our family, the presence of your creativity and the love you've shown in the wonderful colours, shapes and fascination we have in the leaves on the growth around us, the birds. Animals, everything is so beautiful. 
And we do thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time together when we share this wonderful, wonderful presence of Jesus in our lives. His example for us of love. We are truly, truly blessed. So this prayer, I'm lost for appropriate words, Heavenly Father, to say how much we do thank you. We thank you for your creativity, for giving us Jesus, giving us his example, and showing that we, all those who truly believe in him and are baptized and try very, very hard to look to your word day by day, we have that wonderful hope of Jesus' return to make this world perfect, at which time we pray that we will all be made perfect in your sight. So we do say thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for our lives in Jesus. Amen.